welcome to the New Life Digging Deeper podcast, where we take Sunday sermons a step further, giving you the opportunity to gain greater understanding and ultimately grow your relationship with Jesus. Well, hey everyone, this is the Digging Deeper podcast, and I am Cody Gesser, the worship pastor here, and I'm joined with Brian Wilmarth, our senior pastor. He's back from Italy, everyone, our world traveler. <laughs> yes. He's back. Yes. Hey, um, everyone. Good to be with you. Yeah, you spent 10 days? 12 days. 12 days. 12 days. It was it was awesome. It was a great 12 days. We, uh, we've we been planning this trip for a long time. We uh, decided in 2018 that we wanted to go. And we were shooting to go in the summer of 2020. Well, of course, COVID hit and Italy was terrible on, on the front end of the pandemic and everything. So it's like, yeah, we're not going. But we postponed like six months. It's like, oh, maybe it'll be fine in a few months. So, okay. Oh, no, that wasn't going to happen. So we postponed again. And we did that like three or four times. And finally, we're just like, all right, we're going to put it on hold. And now, like as the pandemic really was coming coming down, we were able to finally go now. <laughs> so five years of planning, uh, here we are. We finally made it. But uh, oh, it was so worth it. It was such a great trip. Well, I remember your your wife, Jess, just showing us all of her plans. I feel mm-hmm. like she could be do that for a living for people. <laughs> she did joke. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she did joke um, when when we kind of got done with it. She's like, I did all of this work and it's, and it's good, not to toot yeah. her own home, but she was like, this is good. Like, I want someone else to benefit from it. So we're like, let's just put it online somewhere. I don't know. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Give us some of the highlights. I mean, Ah, I know. Let's dig deeper into this Italy trip. (laughs) I would say um, my favorite moment. So we we went down to a city called Positano, which is south of Naples. And it's right on the southern coast, like literally on the Aegean Sea. And they've got this um, path, this hike. And so my, my favorite part was doing that hike. And, and I do even remember a moment where we kind of came over a ridge and it looked down over a valley to a neighboring town. So you could see the town in the cliffside. You could see the, the sea. And then there's vineyards literally like on the mountainside. You just you look up and you just see this like stair-stepping vineyard sort of thing. And so just that image was like my favorite moment because it just captured so much of the beauty of the Italian uh, country and then um, what the moment meant to us. So it was uh, that moment was so good. It was so sweet. So uh, our awesome. favorite our favorite city was Venice. We we went okay. to Venice too and and oh wow oh super fun. The canals like there's no cars on the island like just really yeah. cool really cool. Wow yeah. Um, not to spiritualize your um, trip, but we are spiritual beings. That's right. What do you feel yeah. like God was kind of saying or doing during that trip for you, whether it was for family back home or Mm -hmm. whatever was going on. Yeah. And actually, um, there was a moment where I just, I felt like there was a lot of favor from the Lord for this trip. And, and we, 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 we were blessed by it in so many ways, but we, I felt like I personally met him there and it allowed me just to step back from everything that our church has gone through, everything I've gone through, um, you know, just uh, the last handful of years. And it felt like this is a, a turning of the page. And what God is doing right now in our church family, like there's going to be some great stuff to come. So it was just a good time for me to reflect on that, to, to pray into where God's going to take us. And the, the sense that I got from him was like, there is good that he's doing, and we're going to start to see the fruit of that in the coming months and years. So it did feel like 
excitement and anticipation mm-hmm. and longing to see what God is going to be doing. So that was a gift I think he gave me and it was, it was sweet. It yeah. was a really sweet Separating moment. yourself kind of from everything. And yes, that's so cool. And you had sent me a video of that hike. So as you were saying it again, mm-hmm. I'm just imagining that video and yeah, so, so cool. Yeah. Um, so you are back and yep. you preached this past weekend and you hopped into our parable series. You uh, taught on Mark 7, 1 through 27, uh, that which defiles. The passage mm-hmm. talks about the ceremonial washing and the Pharisees are trying to pin down Jesus about the disciples and how they didn't do yes. that. Yep. Um, in Jesus' response, we're able to see it's actually about what's happening at the heart level. Yeah. You express yeah. in your message that practices are a good thing, but it's the logical order, which mm. I hadn't heard that before. Sure. Because I'm not as smart as you, but <laughs> or I don't follow as smart of people. But I was like, oh, logical order. Okay. <laughs> so can you explain logical order real yeah. quick? I know yeah. you did on Sunday, but yeah. yep. it's kind of a nice thing to have in your pocket as you're mm-hmm. processing and you are becoming self-aware and you're having the Holy Spirit like discern these things on you. It's like, okay, where does this need to go? Yeah. Where does this need to go? Yeah, that's really good. Um, and, and I'll say even too, as like a preacher, you do this sometimes where you think back <laughs> on your message, you're like, oh, I wish I would have done, you know, and dot, dot, dot. And this was one of those things that I wish I would have spent more time on because I do think it actually was probably more important than it seemed. Like if you weren't really listening or, or kind of got lost in that section. Like, wait a minute, I feel like he said something, but I don't know what he said. And I'm realizing like, oh man, that probably was a really a bigger thing. So I kind of wish I would have spent a little more time on it. So I'm glad we're talking about it now. Um, the logical order. I think a lot of times we get it backwards. And I think that's what was happening with the Pharisees. They were seeing the law, these, um, these, this gift from God, like, here's what it looks like for you to be my people. Here, here are the rules. Here's what it looks like. I think they misunderstood how to interact with that because we even see in Exodus, what happened was they were enslaved. God rescues them like here, I'm, you're my people. And he tells that over them. And then he gives them the law. I think that's the kind of order that it's supposed to be. So it's hearing our identity. This is who you are. You are a son or a daughter of the king. You belong to Jesus. Then out of that, we live, we operate our faith, we move and, and have all of these external things. So I think that's what it is. It's, it's hearing our identity. It's knowing who we are. It's being justified. We are made right with him. And then out of that is all of these external things. This is how you live. This is who uh, who you are. So be who you are in this way. Um, we often interpret the laws as like, here's what I got to do to earn my identity, to earn my status. So I do this, then I will be. That's backwards. It's I am this. All right. This is who I am. Therefore, I will do or mm-hmm. I will be like that's that's the backwardsness I think sometimes we get to the the right way. So the logical order is hearing our identity, being um, given a new new status. We, the fancy theological term is justification. We are justified. We are made right with God. Then we live out of that, out of love, out of that identity, out of what he gives us. So that's that whole logical order thing. And I think, again, a lot of times we hear we're supposed to do it this way. But we see that as a mechanism to earn our status, earn our identity, prove to God, here's why I I deserve to be in heaven or why I should be right with you. But he's like, no, 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 you're already right. Hmm. I've made you right. Just be who you are. That's that logical order thing. Yeah. 
so with logical order, what's at stake if we don't get logical order in order? Yeah. <laughs> yes. When we mess it up, um, we aren't we aren't operating. Like we use the image of like an operating system. Like you know, your computer has an operating system. It's it's a way that it processes all the information. Same thing with us. It's the way that we live out our lives. The operating system is not Jesus. It's not his way. So like I think back to the garden. Adam and Eve, God puts them in the garden, take care of it, work it, don't eat of that tree. But what do they do? They look at the fruit, they see it, and they take it. They they see with their own eyes, this is good for wisdom. It's pleasing to the eye. It looks good to eat, but it's also good for gaining wisdom. What they were doing was almost saying, I want to decide what is wise and good. I want to be the one calling the shots. But that was not the way things were supposed to go. Like God wanted them to trust him. Like here, you're my image bearers. You're, you're, you're like me and I'm going to teach you wisdom. You don't need to go take it for yourself. But that's what they did. They took it for themselves. They wanted to be in control. Mm -hmm. And I think we do the same thing. Like when we get this wrong, when we don't operate in the right logical order, if you will, um, it's because we're wanting to control. We're wanting to be the one to call the shots. We want to sit on the throne. Mm -hmm. When it's really God who sits on the throne, he's the one who's showing us what is best. And he does. He's gracious to do that. He's going to show us, like, here's how um, life goes best for you. Here's what's best for you. And I want that for you. But we decide we want to call the shots. We think we know what's best. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what's at stake. I think... It is, it is at the level of like deep down this sinful, broken pattern. I think that's what we see in Genesis 3 is the entrance of sin is I want to call the shots. I want to do it. I want to be on the throne. And that goes down deep into our hearts. And what Jesus came to do is to save us from that. So we're not operating out of the wrong kind of system. We're actually operating out of trust and reliance upon him. And that's the way that it's supposed to work. Right. Yeah. Push back on that or, or make make me get more clear on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that's that's great clarification. Mm. Um I've noticed after being a Christian Jesus follower for a while, we see and understand the reality that our works doesn't gain us salvation. Like yeah. I think we we truly understand that. We know that. Yeah, yes. But we still act upon that. Yeah. And even as we're talking more now, I think even for me, sometimes my struggle is I doing for God. Sometimes in my head is like gaining more favor from him. Mm -hmm. But I know that yeah. it's not, I'm actually, my salvation, no, now I don't have it, but now I have it, but now it's not like one of those games, yep, but it's more right. like, but there's probably, there's a decent piece of that too. Like you want your father to be pleased with you. Mm -hmm. um, but it's still, it still feels like you're relying on external things versus yes. the inside out and already knowing that you are yes. desired and that you are his. Yeah. I do think we, we think that it's not us. Some of us may think salvation issues, but some of us don't. Most of us don't. Yeah, sure. We're, we're not like, oh, I'm, I'm jeopardizing my salvation. But we do think like, He's going to be more pleased with me. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to I'm going to push on something here that might feel a little funny, but I think the biblical story and what the Bible is actually saying is there's nothing we can do to make him more pleased with us. Mm -hmm. 
and I'm not sure that there's anything we can do to make him less pleased with us. He, uh, I'm going to maybe walk back on that statement just a little, but like we can do things that, that displease him. Sure. But it's not changing our status at all. Like there's nothing that we can do that is going to separate us from the love of God. Like his love is full and abundant. There are things that we do that he doesn't like and he doesn't want for us. But it doesn't actually change anything about us or about our relationship, really. Like we in might God's p- character towards us. Yes. Like I think about like, as a parent. It's, and, more, it's and, more our character towards him. Yes. There it huh. is. Like my kids do things that anger me. And I'm not a perfect parent where God is a perfect father. Um, and, and so there are times when I can feel that distance. But like when I really sit back, there's nothing my kids will ever do that will change how much I love them. Really. Like they make me angry at different moments. They they frustrate me. They disappoint me. Sure. Like they're gonna they're gonna do things. I'm like, uh, okay. But like fundamentally, there's nothing that really changes my relationship mm-hmm. to them. And I think it's similar, and, and and I'm extrapolating from that. I think that's what the Bible is ultimately pointing us to. Like nothing we can do can separate us from the love of God. And that is that is what's happening. When we walk with him, he, he is, he is wanting the best for us. And there are times when he'll probably feel that like I, my heart is breaking for the choice that you're making right now, but like, it's not going to change how much pleasure he takes in us. Like hit from his side of it. I like how you put it, his character, like that doesn't change what's dynamic. He's dynamic, but what changes most in our relationship is us mm-hmm. and it's our side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that the default here, like it, it really is on our side of things. And so when, when we are operating in the logical order, we're, we're not actually gaining favor. We're not actually gaining more pleasure by doing something or not. It is just what is best for us and operating in greater alignment with who he yeah. is. And I think that's, that's... And who he's created us to be. Correct. Yeah. Yes. It's being being who we are, being, um, being the people that he has called us to be. Mm-hmm. And what we probably feel is the benefit of of that in the world. Like yeah. we, we are being who we're supposed to be the way God has designed it. And there's good that can come of that. Yeah. And so I think that's probably what we, what we sense. So in, in, in the sense, God's God's side of things doesn't change because of what we do. Mm-hmm. He'll, he'll experience it in change like we do, but really what's probably changing is more us. Yeah. And so I don't think we can, we can actually do anything. So back to your question, how we got here, we often think as, as Christians that, okay, my salvation maybe isn't in jeopardy. I know that. And I may even feel that, but man, he might be more pleased with me. He might be more proud of me if I do A, B, C, or D. And so we're still operating in that old way, that, Mm -hmm. that sin driving, like I want to control, I want to call the shots kind of idea. And Jesus came to free us from that. Mm -hmm. Like, all the way through our discipleship journey with him. It's not just like, okay, now I'm going to heaven, I'm, I'm saved, and now it looks different. Like, no, the, the thing that saved us is the thing that is saving us and will save us and will transform us throughout our lives. And so I think that's that's probably what this whole thing is, is pointing towards. We don't want to operate in our sinful self, our I call the shot self. We want to operate in faith, in trust, and surrender, mm-hmm. ultimately. Yeah. I 
do you feel that that's something that is just now, or do you think like first century Christians, was that different? I love there's a mm. sermon that Andy Stanley gave one time about um, basically the Bible told me so and was talking about how uh, first century Christians, they didn't have the whole picture. Right, You right. know what I mean? They just yeah. believed because they heard and saw. And mm-hmm. um, I, I just wonder if that is different for them. I mean, I'm mm. sure there's certain aspects that were similar, but... Sure, yeah. I, I do think there there are some similarities, some differences. I think for the the first century, um, they they were they were walking in something so new, whereas we are so familiar with mm, it. I think that's mm-hmm. that's part of a shift. But I think a similarity is the the temptation was still there. I think the the Bible portrays a lot of this as like this is just humanity, like human beings. We want we want to control. We we want to call the shots. We we want to. We want to have our hands on the steering wheel. Um, that's just human nature, and I think in that sense we are we are very similar to the first century. So I think this this drive for them probably existed. The the, the legalistic um, I want to call the shots or or you know um, follow these rules or if you do A B C and D you're going to get X Y Z like mm-hmm. and that was that was true in the wider world. Like you saw that kind of mindset with a lot of other, um, other religions, other, other practices, other gods, like the way they would do things. Like if you offer this sacrifice, the God is going to reward you with, you know, a lot of crops this year. Like that was a, that was the mindset that they were operating with. So I think the same is still true with us. We've just got a different set of things that we're, we're, we're doing it with, Mm -hmm. but it's the same mechanism. So I think there is a lot of similarities and I think they, they would understand the tension that we feel um, in much the same way that they experienced it back then. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of crossover for sure. Yeah, there's a need to really continue rooting yourself daily in your time with Jesus. And I don't know, as you were talking about that, made me kind of think about for me how as I get older, it's, it does get so much easier to be like, all right, my quiet time's here and then I'll do mm-hmm. this thing and then this will happen and then we'll have dinner and then we'll pray together and go to bed and do mm-hmm. the whole thing over again the next day. But when I was a little bit younger, mm-hmm. you embrace the messy a little better sometimes yeah. because you yeah. don't have as many layers that you've created in your life. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we're going through the foster care thing right now. Yeah, and right. I mean, I get it for everyone who like, if you ask people, it's kind of like, um, <laughs> you know, like, what does that look like? Cause it's just disruptive. Yeah. And it's, it's, yes. it's a struggle. And that's not me on my pipe, like saying, this is what you should do. <laughs> and this is what I'm doing. I'm a great person, blah, blah, blah. Like yeah. there's lots of really, really challenging things with it. And nor do I know that's what we're, going to be called to the rest of our lives or whatever that looks like. Yeah. But it's just fascinating how many layers we put Mm -hmm. in the way of being able to go. And we kind of talked about the counting, the costs. Yeah. And Dave talked about like, what if a God calls me to go to Africa? Will I? Can I just go do that? You know? Yeah. um, It's, it's just interesting how comfortable we can create this life Yes, when we're probably supposed to live in more of that tension. Mm -hmm. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I'm just saying stuff out loud. (laughs) How I'm, how I'm engaging with or thinking about it. I, I I do look back on my own childhood, like, and I resonate with like, yeah, like I was just wake up on a summer day. Maybe, maybe I'm a little bit bored, but then I'm gonna go find something, go play in the, the woods or like just make believe something like there was something about that that 
kids do a great job of just embracing mm-hmm. what's there. They yeah, kind of go embracing is yeah. a really good word. Yeah. Whereas adults, like we become trained in some ways, rightfully so. Like yeah. planning is not bad, and and when responsibility comes, owning that or stewarding that is a you know we've got to step up and participate. But I think along the way, sometimes our default is to control or, or put all these layers to make it comfortable, like you said. And and I do think that word triggered for me, comfort. Like, yeah. man, I do like being comfortable when I know what to expect. I can anticipate or I like it a certain way. Oh, man, am I sometimes therefore limiting what God might be trying to do? Mm-hmm. Sometimes messy and hard and, and disruptive is exactly where we need to be. It's hard to know when that's always yeah. true, but... We do tend to try to find negative sometimes in positive situations. And I don't yeah. know that we're called to that be our first reaction. Yeah. To, and I do that all the time. Like, sure. Kayla's a very, like, free will and, like, has awesome. But I'm like, yeah. but what about this? But we need to think... <laughs> like, all that stuff is good, but sometimes we I can just feel my control mm-hmm. coming out versus, like... Mm-hmm nothing's happening right in this moment. Why can't you just receive and like let the Lord work through this versus your reaction is like, okay, where can I find all the the holes in this? And Mm -hmm. um, like, we want to have the reins. Yes. Yeah. There was, um, there was a time in college and not, not one specific moment that I can pin this to, but I see my, my years in college, particularly with the Lord and some ministry, I became increasingly comfortable living in tension like, I think before that, I was very much black and white. Like, I wanted to know the right answer, like, you know, and especially when it came to, like, thinking about theology. If there was something that just wasn't gelling, like, I wanted to figure it out. So oh, yeah, apologetics right. and systematic theology, all that kind of stuff. I've come to the place where I think I've I pursued into that so much um, and then allowed my life also to kind of explore this, like, where I just was okay if something wasn't neat and tidy. Mm. And there's actually a lot of value in that. So I look at the the biblical record and I see some of the, um, like the story and how you can have like almost opposing things right next to each other. And there's actually a proverb. And I'm gonna blank on what the actual uh, address is, but it's like, don't respond uh, to a fool according to his folly. And then the literal next verse is respond um, to a fool according to his folly. It's like the exact opposite. I'm like wait a minute, how does that work? Like, what does that mean? And and that was one of those places where, oh, it takes wisdom to know the difference mm-hmm. and to know when to apply one over the other. Interesting. And it's hard to know what that looks like. Yeah. But that's the invitation of the Lord. Like, he wants to help us walk that out and figure that out and not get it right sometimes, and yeah. that's okay. Um, so anyway, I just, I, I, I've noticed part of my journey has been Becoming comfortable with tension and messy and yeah. not having a clean and tidy box. Yeah. And that's And good. just recognizing in all moments, like, God, you're with me, how we want to attack this. Mm-hmm. And um, this just kind of come full circle, because my next question is just, what's something we can offer to people? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe it's a prayer, or maybe it's like a rhythm uh, that they can add in to help them, like, break all these... Because I think all this kind of ties together, you know, like, break control or yeah, yeah. Um, just allow God to work from the inside out rather than us trying mm-hmm. to be like, I don't feel close to God, so I'm going to do this, this, and that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think for me, and I'm drawing from my own experience, so that might be helpful. There may be other ways to approach it, but for me... Um, the concept of identity has been a really important part of this. 
So like hearing my identity on a regular basis from the Lord, um, a great place to, to maybe start. Like I, I, I like the book of Ephesians cause there's a lot, there's a lot of identity language, especially in those first three chapters. Um, so like that or the gospel, but, um, hearing my identity on a regular basis was such a shifting thing for me because mm-hmm. it allowed me to start from, okay, who am I? Who has Jesus called me to be? Who am I already? Like that justification piece, hearing that this is who I am. And then from there saying, now go be that, go mm-hmm. be, live out of that place. That for me was, was the, the actual like practical experiential thing that I've done. So how, how that's manifest. Um, I don't know if people listening are journalers, but if you've got a journal, like writing that at the top of each sheet, like here's a reminder of my identity. Mm -hmm. Or one thing that I've done a lot is actually on my phone. And there's, there's a currently a reminder that comes up seven 30 in the morning every day is a reminder, but it actually is a like, identity declaration for me right now, what I need to hear. And it actually has a lot to do with leading new life and, um, and, and just some of the things that I sense God has been doing in me and working in me. So I see that every day. Now, sometimes it, it can become rote, like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I know what this hasn't, you know, just move on. But there are times when it's like, I don't realize it's quite seven 30. And so my fun phone buzzes and I look at it. I'm like, Oh, what, what do I have a text or whatever? And I look at it. I'm like, Oh, Oh Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just will hit me fresh. So that's a little thing that I've done that has been super helpful to put me back in the right logical order, hearing my identity first. And then from there, that's how I make my decisions. That's how I live my life. I'm living from this place of identity. So I think that can be part of one's practice, like mm-hmm. hearing identity. I do think um, the other thing that's been really helpful for me is when we either hit our sin patterns, you know, hit a moment where we failed, um, or, you know, trying to work on something. A lot of times there's quickly on the heels of that judgment, like, oh, it shouldn't be like this. So I got to, mm. mm-hmm. and, and for me, anytime I would feel that like, oh, I gotta, I gotta do better. That's where my like drive to control and, and manufacture and, and muscle up, pull myself up by my bootstraps kind of idea comes in. So I think if we can catch ourselves in that moment of, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm evaluating. I'm judging myself. Can I just back from back up from that a little bit and say, okay, I'm sinning this way or I'm struggling this way. This is a, this is a problem and it shouldn't be this way, but that's just what is. And, and just almost providing a little bit of that distance and letting the pressure come down. Cause I think when we get pressured, we go back to old patterns, which mm-hmm. is often control. But I think if we remember like, nope, this is the way that God has been working. I'm going to trust him. So Lord, let's work on this together. And you just kind of enter into that, that restful gentleness. Yeah. Um, and so like, if we can catch ourselves, notice when am I judging? When am I evaluating? When am I saying, Oh, I shouldn't be like this. If you say the word should, that should just be a little flag. Like, Ooh, should. Okay. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm jumping too quickly into some sort of guilt or shame kind of thing. Um, and allowing the Lord to just go a little slower and work us and lead us forward in yeah. grace. I think what, I, what I'm imagining right now, too, for me is slow down is great. And nothing is so urgent mm-hmm. that we yeah. need to step forward in it. I think a Ooh. lot of times, like, your urgency is to 
take time and to take mm-hmm. a breath. I know even mm-hmm. for me, a lot of times when I, I feel like the spirit works through me more in worship is when I've, I, I'll get there a bit early and I don't have a huge agenda of like, I'm going to do this and yeah, then plug yeah. in this, but I just kind of get my acoustic out and I'll sing and kind of mm-hmm. walk around the space. Mm-hmm. And I notice that my posture slows down. And I'm a better so listener. Good. You know what I mean? It versus me being like, okay, I'm going to bed this time and then I'm going to sleep all the way until this time and then leave. <laughs> and then I'll get there. And I'll give me 20 minutes to get yeah. everything ready before everyone gets there and starts bothering me yes, you right. know, <laughs> or whatever it looks like. People don't bother me, but I've just noticed my heart just, like softens yes. with that. And I think mm. that's not overly spiritual or any of these things, no. but I think if you, people can do that more and more and understand yeah. you're not too busy yes. to slow down. Yes. And I think that it, that's a really good word. And I, I appreciate you capturing it that way. That I do think often urgency is coming from this control. Like I got to, mm. cause it strikes me that Adam and Eve, when they, they sinned, the, their first instinct was to cover up. And I think that's some of what we do too. Like, Oh, that urgency is, I got to cover it up. I got to fix it. I wonder if it's the same that's kind of thing yeah. where we just, if we slow down and we just let it be, it might feel uncomfortable, but I wonder if, like you said, a softening will just come and the Lord's going to work in that. Cause again, I don't, I don't think God's in a rush. So often we're, you know, one thing to the next, boom, boom, boom. And I just don't know that that's the way that God is. I think he's a lot more patient, a lot more slow. And it's well, good it's for us to. 2000 years. So. Right? <laughs> it's just, <laughs> hey God, what are you doing up there? Right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that. I appreciate the, the slowness, the lack of urgency, uncertain things. Yeah, well, let's um, let's give everybody just kind of a little bit of a look into what the next week's going to yeah. be like, yes. and yep. um, kind of what we got coming up down the pipeline. So we've got two more weeks of the parable series. Um, next week we're going to be looking at uh, Matthew nine, just a couple verses, but where uh, John's disciple, John the Baptist, his disciples come to Jesus, say, hey, why don't why don't your disciples fast? And Jesus is like, oh, well, um, you know, the bridegroom's around, they're, they're, they're feasting, they're celebrating. And we don't put um, old patches or put new patches on old garments, oh, yeah. or we don't do um, old wineskins for new wine. And it's a little like, okay, what's he talking about there? So we're going to dive into that. Yeah. And there's a lot of, probably there's going to be a lot of crossover to what we just talked about this last week. So I'm excited just to explore what is, what is Jesus doing there, both in terms of like understanding faith and religion. But then what is he doing for us personally too? Like mm-hmm. how do, how can we how can we hear the wisdom of what Jesus is talking about? So that's where we're going next week. It's going to be cool. Awesome. Yeah. I appreciate it, Brian and what a great conversation and if you have any questions or if there's something that we said that you are wondering more about, um, feel free to contact us at contact@newlifeonline.org. At well guys, we will catch you next time. See ya. <laughs>